Well, folks, good afternoon. Right now it is 105 and you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website dipetro.com. Right now it's 105 on this Thursday and this portion of our program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Whether it's lunch, dinner, or drinks in a lounge, they're waiting for you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. I want to mention, I, I recognize that people are talking about this Brittany, this WNBA player who was released, and they're still holding the veteran. Now listen, I, I understand that, but let's this is one of those things that I it kind of drives me nuts when people purposely leave out certain information. By all accounts, and there's nothing wrong with it, but it it certainly seems as though he's probably works for the CIA and and is a, a spy for our country. And and in that business, when you're in intelligence in that way, they, they, they know the risk. They know the risk. So there's a difference. And again, I, I don't like that he's held either. But I, 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 you can't, I don't think, you can't compare the two. I'm not saying I agree with it. And yeah, you don't like to see them hold, holding anyone. Uh, but at the same time, um, it's, it's I, let, let's just, you know, put it in perspective. Just let's just put it in perspective as far as, you know, can you believe they're holding a veteran? I know he's a veteran, but by all accounts, and I'll, I'll go into the story a little bit um, and we'll play that out. Here we go. Not for nothing. The always empty Wickford train station is a perfect place for our statehouse campers. Uh, they like to be in Providence. There's no free food down around there. There's um, there's no free food down by um, the uh, when they're down by Wickford. So I don't know how possible. Who knows? Maybe they'll end up down there. I'm sure the people in North Kingstown be happy about that. So now I also want to let me just see some other news. Inaugural is on from Monday, January 2nd. Okay, Monday, January 2nd will be the swearing in for the new mayor of Providence. Brett Smiley. Um, here are some criticisms of Governor McKee from that Cynthia Mendez. He's in a, we're in a state of crisis, crisis with homelessness. He let the FEMA hotel voucher program expire. He's displacing people at the encampment with no plan. How much of this is, is supposed to really fall onto how much of that is, is really supposed to fall onto the governor? And I'm not even a defender of Governor McKee, but at some point, I, I don't like who they're releasing. The convicted arms dealer. No, I don't like that they're going to release this guy. I think it's wrong. I don't like that he's being released. But, you know, we have to, everything can't be deep state. And we have to depend somewhat on our intelligence. Um, maybe they flipped him. <laughs> maybe they flipped him. And therefore, he's actually, you know, we don't know. But I, I, I know this business of an, a veteran. But I, by all accounts, um, when you enter into our intelligence 
CIA, they, 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 they know the risks. Believe me, they, they know the risks that's involved. So he was the world's best known illegals armed trafficker. And his capture was the end of a nearly decade-long hunt by the U.S. to stop him. I don't know who thought that that was a good idea. Boy, this whole business, though, about being so excited about it. And I do understand and that's going to be, it becomes like the new talking point. Oh, here we go. Hospital strained. Hotspots consider bringing back mask mandates. Oh, boy. Uh, Let me just hear this piece from Good Morning America. Here we go. Good morning, Matt. Hey, good morning, Robin. That trio of COVID, flu, and RSV are surging here in California, prompting health officials here in L.A. County to consider bringing back the indoor mask mandate. And flu hospitalizations have nearly doubled compared to the past week, and it's left pediatric wards at hospitals like this at or over capacity. This morning, health officials sounding the alarm as the triple-demic of RSV, flu, and COVID wreak havoc on our nation's hospitals and patients of all ages. Right now, it's another ambulance came in. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yes. This is not unusual for this winter. It's just been relentless. We're just seeing so many acute cases coming in all the time. Over the last three days here in Los Angeles, nearly 10,000 new cases of COVID-19 were reported in the county, along with 28 deaths. L.A. County, the nation's largest, seeing a faster-than-expected rise in COVID, now considering an indoor mask mandate. 44 states, as well as D.C. and Puerto Rico, reporting very high or high levels of influenza-like activity. Health officials now warning that adult hospitalizations are surging to alarming levels. With 80% of adult hospital beds full, this is the highest adult occupancy since last year's Omicron surge. Flu-related hospitalizations, the highest for the time in the season since 2010. New York City seeing very high levels of flu-like illness for the fifth week in a row. These numbers are spiking way too early compared to historic trends. And we have 27,000 positive cases right now. Children particularly vulnerable. Grishma Shan's pediatric hospital has been near 100% capacity. The emergency rooms are inundated with all types of, you know, just respiratory infections. But um, our pediatric floors and our ICUs have been full all across the country and in Los Angeles. You know, I've asked health officials, maybe we're just seeing the peak earlier this year and the numbers will soon start to decline. But they say that is almost certainly not the case because people are going to start to travel uh, and gather in large groups in December and then in January. And that's when things tend to get bad. Now, they say the best advice they can give since RSV and all these uh, viruses tend to live in droplets is just wash your hands frequently. Try to wear a mask. And if you're sick, stay home. Yeah, I mean, I, that's a big one. That's a big one. Folks, good afternoon at one twelve. Let me see if I can find some audio on. Um, I know people are. Yeah, Paul Whelan. I've been following that story, you know, and I think it's disingenuous. Like I'm looking at someone put. Yeah. Meanwhile, former U.S. Marine is left behind. No, I, I get that. But he being unable to bring back, blames Russia, unable to bring back Paul Whelan home. I, again, I, I'd like both of them released. Um, but he, 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 when you remember the CIA, they, they know the risk. 
me just hear. I think this is some audio of um, CNN discussing it, I believe. With arms dealer Victor No, I don't like the audio of that. Oh, the twin brother of Paul Whelan. Oh, being detained in Russia on spying. Reacts to Secretary of State Pompeo's announcement the U.S. could get access within the next few weeks to discuss why his brother was in the country. All right, let me, let me just hear this piece that was on CNN. Now, granted, this is, this is how long this guy's been home. This is from January 2nd of 2019. Uh, we've made clear to the Russians our expectation uh, that we will learn more about the charges, uh, come to understand um, what it is he's been accused of, and if uh, the detention is not appropriate, uh, we will demand his immediate return. Okay, joining us now is Paul's twin brother, David Whelan. David, thank you very much for joining us. Does that come as a surprise to you that um, to hear Secretary of State Mike Pompeo say that within the next few hours, he thinks someone from the embassy or consulate will make contact with your brother? Yes. Yeah, that was the first we've heard of it, so it's, uh, it's great to hear him, him, him say it. I know that that's what your family has been calling for because you just don't have a lot of answers. Do you know what your brother was doing? in Russia when he was taken into custody. He was visiting Moscow for a wedding for a friend and helping his friend because Paul had been to Russia before and could navigate Moscow and the sites. And so he was helping to acquire some of the American uh, tourists around uh, who are part of the wedding party. And your brother had been to Moscow or to Russia several times. Do you know why he liked to go to Russia or what he did there? I don't know that uh, Russia was specifically a place he'd like to go. I mean, he liked to travel wherever he could. He has been to India and Iceland and all over the place. Uh, he has friends in Russia, so that would be an extra draw. Um, people he's met on social media. Uh, but I don't know that Re Russia was a particular uh, place of return for him. David, as you, I don't know if you've heard this, but there are some national security types who have suggested that maybe this is the Kremlin's retribution. I don't know if you're familiar with the Maria Butina case, but she pleaded guilty to spying on behalf of the Kremlin here in the U.S. And there's some suggestion that maybe this is retribution from the Kremlin for that. What do you know about this? I'm not speculating on any of that, uh, particularly with uh, Secretary Pompeo saying that the, uh, they still haven't got consular access. We don't really know uh, why he was uh, picked up by the Russians, uh, why he's being charged with espionage. So uh, I, I'm not sure that uh, I, uh, we're worried about anything other than getting him out of Russia. Understood. I mean, and to your family, you all think that it is impossible uh, that he was a spy. I don't think there's any chance that he was a spy. Well, you gotta say there are that. some strange elements of your, uh, or at least questionable, I guess, uh, of your brother's story. He had this social media account, the equivalent in Russia of Facebook. It's called VK. And he's had it for 13 years. And he had right. various postings on there, pictures of him in Russia. Um, I think the first one that we have is where he took like sort of a rest and relaxation. Well, here's one. I wasn't planning to go to this one yet, but let's talk about this one. Here's one um, where he says, just drinking coffee and watching fake news. Now, I'm not taking this personally. Um, that he's pictured with CNN, but I just am wondering, is, is this a statement on his part somehow? 
Uh, I don't really know. I don't know what's on his V contact page, or I, I don't really follow him on social media other than on Twitter, which is where I am. Uh, so I, I don't know what he was intending by those photos. What did he tell you about his social? I mean, why do you think that he did have a VK account, a social media account in Russia? I knew over the years he'd met uh, Russians. I don't know oh. whether it was through work or through He's a spy. Uh, his Marine activity. Listen, uh, but he met people uh, he while traveling around, and uh, he connected with them on social media. Uh, and he would tell us that when he was traveling, he would uh, go and visit those people. So I, I expect that he probably family. had a big contact page because his to. Russian friends had a big contact page. You can't the say picture that I was going to show was him standing in front of the Kremlin. This is in 2006 when he was on, uh, I think, a uh, sort of R&R right. trip. Um, Listen, away both from countries the have. And he, I guess, uh, apparently went to Russia for two weeks. So, David, what do you want us to know? What is your family Come on. calling for? I mean, listen, I, I want the guy released too, but. How much of this are we supposed to go along? The only result we have in mind is for Paul to come home, uh, for Paul to be safe. Hopefully today we'll, we'll learn that for well, sure, but really for Paul to come home. Uh, he, he's, uh, well, he's got elderly parents. He's got a, a home life that I'm sure he misses, and, uh, and we would like him to be back a part of it. And what can you tell us about what he does for a living and huh. your, his family? We don't know. His twin brother, and, and more about his life here at home. Uh, well, I only know what a brother tells a brother about his job. Uh, I'm a librarian, and he does corporate security, so it's a bit of, like chalk and cheese. Uh, what I understand is that he travels for his companies uh, and looks at their physical structures, their physical plants, and uh, analyzes whether there are security risks, uh, broken windows or uh, doors that are weak or whatever, so that uh, security risks that would allow people to get access to those buildings and potentially steal things or uh, do other damage. Um, so he traveled the world for his company uh, doing that sort of uh, analysis and making recommendations about the, the sites that he visited. And he traveled for fun. He's traveled, uh, as far as I know, for fun since uh, we were teenagers. Well, again, I'm not, you know, obviously, folks, um, at 119, I, I, he's an American. I want him released. But I want to point out to people that let's just look at the calendar. That was through, you know, 20. Yeah, 2019, that was the conversation. So President Trump was in office, Pompeo was uh, Secretary of State, and then President Trump leaves office, he's still there. So I, I have to think they're trying to get him released, but I, I see the narrative right now, people are just putting in a veteran is still being held. Well, he was, he's definitely an intelligence. And by all the makings, it sure sounds, and, the, and, and listen, they have spies and we have spies. People shouldn't be so naive. Um, they didn't kill him, but they haven't released him. So I, I don't, I think there's more about this that we don't know. I just have a problem suddenly, then it starts to get framed that way. Because if I just heard, hey, yeah, that doesn't make sense. Why is he, why are they holding a veteran then? They let because she she's a civilian. He's he's not a civilian. Um, he's. <laughs> what else would you be doing there? I mean, that sounds exactly what it is. Now I I know of someone who his friend had a roommate in you know um, Ivy League educated. They shared an apartment 
in uh, Washington, D.C. And the roommate would travel quite a bit. And it became even a running joke. Yeah. Um, I tell the reporter to screw. Well, he agreed to do the interview. They're trying to draw attention to it. I, I got to think. I, I, yeah. You know, what do you think your brother did? I mean, that's part of it. But anyhow, this friend that a friend of mine had, his friend was roommates with this guy. And he would say, now, I'm just curious, like, when you're going to be traveling, where are you going? Is it going to be cold? Is it going to be sunny? Will it be rainy? And and he would say, you you know I'm going to have to report you. You know I'm going to, I'm going to have to report that you're asking me about where I'm going. So he didn't ask a lot of questions. I think his cover, this individual that I'm referring to, who I didn't meet or anything but heard about, was the, under the guise of he was some kind of did tech for like an insurance company or something like that. Some some cover, many times they're in a university, a college setting, but it's some cover that would make sense of why you're going to be in the country, why you're going to travel in and out of the country, and what exactly you're going to be doing in the country. You can't say, I'm going to be, you know, going in there to do surveillance, for crying out loud. So... Um, but I mean, that, that's basically what's going on. All right. Now I want to just catch up on some, at 122, some of our local news, but that is like the big national news, so to speak of the day. I'm glad the rest of the media is picking up on the fact that one of the guy arrested for the Cumberland shooting was one of the ferry fighters. Folks, what does that tell you? They are just habitual offenders. They are constantly in the news for that, for crying out loud. So um, I want to hear the latest. Homeless people evicted from state house grounds. Nah, I don't know about that. A lot of them were. Oh, did we already play that yesterday? I'm not going to play that then. Okay. Um, I, I have a problem with the way that's phrased. Homeless people evicted. They weren't supposed to be there. They're not being evicted. Like I said, if someone is at a, a park and the park is closing, many times they say at nighttime it'll close, and then they ask the person to leave, does that mean, you know, are you being evicted? Um, I don't think you're being evicted. So therefore, all there, I believe it should be phrased that they are now going to enforce, they're going to enforce that there is, you, you can't camp out at the state house, period. That, that was the rule, that was the law, an ordinance, and they allowed they allow these people to do it, and now they've decided they're going to enforce it. Now they're realizing why it was not a good idea to let people just camp out wherever. That's what's really going on, as a matter of fact. So it's not a matter of they've decided to um, 
they've just decided that they're now suddenly not going to allow it. They never should have allowed it. Last night on Tucker Carlson tonight, he did a piece about the southern border. And someone who went and demonstrated just how easy it is to get into our country. It's an interesting piece. And it's not that long. And I want to play it because there should be more reporting like this. So just how easy it is to enter our border. And I, I do agree with those that say it's by design to not have a border. Any intervention whatsoever Here we go. from our National Guard. This is last Watch. one. A surly Mexican official tries to stop us. Hey, I want to arrest you. I want to arrest you. But he has no power. Texas. Texas. I have to go with him and he has my business. Sorry, my friend. He will pick me. I will go. This is not correct, my friend. He says that's not correct. That's true. But nothing is correct here. About 2,000 migrants cross in this sector every day of every week. And now with the expiration of Title 42, the COVID policy of returning asylum seekers to Mexico set to expire. Hundreds of thousands more are expected to flood these banks. Asylum seekers like Elvis need only touch American soil. Elvis scrambles up the riverbank, steps over the razor wire, and before he can gather his bearings, the Texas National Guard is waiting for him as patiently as an Uber driver to shuttle him to his new life. So you have to kind of wonder, why has no one done what Charlie LaDuff just did? Why haven't we seen this before? Charlie LaDuff has spent 30 years in journalism. He's at the New York Times for a long time. He's now hosted the No BS News Hour. He joins us tonight. Charlie, thanks for coming on. Thank you for doing this. Why? I haven't seen anyone do this before. Why do you think that is? I don't know, man. That's why I went down there. You know what I mean? The co- way I look at the coverage, it's it's the eggheads and the meatheads. And we got no idea really what it's like or what the answer might be. You know what I mean? How, what was your assessment of it? it? It's a damn mess. And um, listen, like on the left. Uh, they, they're saying, you know, uh, war-torn, they, uh, they, these are asylum seekers. They're just broke people looking for a better life. That's the truth. On the other hand, on the right, build the wall. Build. That's dumb. Listen to me, people. I don't know where Tucker's going to post it, but go find that whole story. Because if you touch American soil, you get asylum. So when the wall is 20 feet away or a quarter mile in, it doesn't matter. It won't stop anything so let's do a little experiment up here and i'm in a border town detroit with canada if let's say desantis if you want to pack a bus full of migrants and tell them please don't lie to them tell them they're going to go to canada to get asylum you know what'll happen tucker canada's going to turn them around you know why because we have a treaty with canada that wherever um, an asylum seeker first touches, whether it's Canada or the United States, that's where they must apply for asylum. Why do we do not have this with Mexico? This is what the pinheads in Washington need to be doing. You know, there's only one um, border state senator on the Foreign Relations Committee, that's Ted Cruz, and I don't know where the hell Ted Cruz is. So you make a really smart point, because my understanding, according to the DHS numbers, 
almost everybody coming across is not from Mexico. Everyone from Oaxaca wants to be in the U.S. is already here. These are people coming from Central America or Africa or the Middle East. Was that your experience? A hundred percent. There's Russians, Romanians, Ukrainians, Peruvians, uh, Haitians, um, people from Niger, Ghana, you name it, they're coming. So here's what's happening. When Trump was in office, he negotiated the Remain in Mexico policy as right. the president's allowed to do. Yep. You're seeing asylum, you must remain in Mexico and wait for your court date. Biden's first day in office, he said he's suspending it. You know what they hear around the world? Amnesty. Yep. When Title 42 is going to go down in two weeks, they're going to be a bum rush because you know what? They're, they're lining up in Mexico. You know what they hear? Amnesty. When you're talking about DACA people, which I don't have a problem with. You grew up here. You're an American. But when they hear, when he says amnesty, the whole world just floods in, dude. This is 14-year-old girls. I found a, an immigration, uh, a vaccination card. She got a birth control implant in her arm a month ago, a 14-year-old. Why? Because she's... Uh, afraid to be raped and get pregnant. There's a better way to control the movement of people than a damn bum rush. I came in to Mexico 20 years ago with the Sinaloa cartel. We went three nights through the desert because we did not want to be apprehended. It's completely flipped around mm. and everybody wants to be apprehended because they're getting papers and they're going in. And I would do it too. A, good, a lot of good people, a lot of hungry people, but the government must manage the flow of human beings in a way that's acceptable to we, the people, and they're not doing a damn thing. It's amazing. That guy's really good. Charlie Duff. Boy, he is the real deal. That guy. What is he the name of it? No BS News Hour. What am I doing in the middle of the Rio Grande with an ex-con from Nicaragua named Elvis who can't swim? Documenting the final step of the amnesty-seeking journey to America. He's got a um, he's got a cool look about him too. He has like a looks like a red like <laughs> kerchief. He's got the vest. He seems pretty good. Hmm. No BS news. Charlie Laduff. Eagle Pass. 350 migrants together this morning crossed the Rio Grande in broad daylight. They were not apprehended. Rather, they waited to be picked up by Border Patrol, otherwise known as Uber. Among them were infants, infants and toddlers. Now, folks, um, as I said, later today, we'll see exactly what happens with... We're going to see what happens with this whole homeless situation, unhoused situation, excuse me, that is taking up so much time and ink and oxygen at the state house. I'm also seeing Wall Street Journal. There's a danger. Senator Warnock's runoff victory will strengthen Biden's misinterpretation of Democrats better than expected showing. That could be a recipe for disaster for his party come 2024. Well, that's exactly what he's going to do, as a matter of fact. I'm also seeing there's a big story today. Philadelphia police reveal identity of child found dead inside a box 65 years ago. E. Hmm. Um, let me just also see. Hmm. David Whelan. I can't imagine 
his brother Paul retains any hope a government will negotiate his freedom at this point. Family of Paul Whelan devastated. He remains in Russian prison. I, I, I want to repeat. He was serving his country. That happened while President Trump was in office and happened as Pompeo was Secretary of State. By all accounts, it would seem he was an American spy. I'm I'm not saying that's in any way saying they should keep him, but he, he knew the risk. He knew the risk when he was going into that. And I, I'm sure the government has to be very cautious in negotiating to try to get him out because they don't want to potentially jeopardize. Maybe it's better to just leave them, the Russians, in a little bit of doubt. And just keep insisting, because notice it's not our government that's saying they have the family out there. All right. McKee is breaking with tradition, moving his inaugural swearing-in ceremony to the Rhode Island Convention Center. Whether it be open to the public is unclear. Last time a governor did this, it did not go well. So I wouldn't expect this is going to go well either. Almond's 99 inauguration at the Convention Center was open to the public, but... Marred by reports that four black women were insulted by guard members, security officers seemed to regard them as potential protesters or security threats. You know, I was there that day. The day of the 99 inauguration, that was my second day, and I broadcast from the uh, convention center, as a matter of fact. Um, so... Well, I, I think I would imagine it is to somewhat cut down and try to control try to control some of the protesters that Governor McKee may be getting. I would I think that's within the realm. I think I think that's one of the reasons. Yeah, I don't I don't think he um they they they're getting to him now and she there right now um he he's trying to get to Saturday right now governor McKee is is trying to get it to Saturday I'm looking at Paul Whelan's been jailed in Russia since December of 2018 on charges of espionage which he and the government have denied. I wouldn't expect we're going to admit that he was doing that, but his travel says it all, right? I mean, and that, by the way, that doesn't mean I, I don't want the guy harmed. I want him released. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't think we should, the country should be in a position where we're forced to choose between one of the two. All right, here's an update on Paul Whelan's family speaking out. 
I'm seeing this. Let me uh, play this right now. Happened already earlier this morning, as you just heard from the president. Earlier this morning, President Biden joined in the Oval Office by Sherelle Griner, who you just heard from, as well as the Secretary of State, Tony Blinken, and the Vice President, Kamala Harris, who you see there, were able to speak with Brittany Griner by phone. And then later, Sherelle Griner, Brittany Griner's wife, was able to have a private conversation by phone with her wife from the president's study. So the question now is, where does she go, senior administrator? officials are telling NBC News that Brittany Griner is being flown to a military medical facility in San Antonio for care and treatment effectively to make sure that she is physically well and to check on her. You can imagine the mental and physical ordeal that Griner would have had over the course of nearly 10 months behind bars. She was there first detained February 17th of this year. We are told that Sherelle Griner will be flying to San Antonio where she will have the first opportunity to greet her wife. But for the White House, this is a major diplomatic achievement. But as you note, it does come with some significant frustration, the inability to be able to get Paul Whalen home as well. Whalen, a U.S. businessman, a former U.S. Marine, remains detained in Russia. The U.S. says that his detention is unacceptable and that it is wrongful. And now for the first time, we are ha hearing from the family of Paul Whalen, his brother Dave. Whalen releasing a statement just moments ago celebrating the release of Brittany Griner, but saying, despite the possibility that there might be an exchange without Paul, our family is still devastated. I can't even fathom how Paul will feel when he learns. The exchange of Brittany Griner, we are told, came, according to U.S. officials, for a man by the name of Victor Buda, convicted Russian arms dealer who had already served 14 years. He had seven years left on his uh, sentence, and it's a significant swap. This was a, this was a stinging swap for the U.S. to have to make. We are told by senior officials here that the U.S. did everything in its power to try to bring Whalen home as well, but the Russians made it very clear that it was going to be Brittany Griner or no one. The U.S. continues to deny that Whalen was a spy, but his is an espionage uh, espionage case. Savannah Hodia, at this point, the Russians are not willing to turn Wayland over. Back to you. And then, I mean, Victor Boo, as you mentioned, uh, um, obviously a convicted arms dealer referred to by some in the U.S. as a merchant of death. But it was his Why didn't President Trump get him home? Why didn't President Trump cut a deal with Putin to get him home before he left office? Paul Wayland. He's been held since December of, of 19. Why didn't Trump and Pompeo? get him released. Folks, good afternoon at 140. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Now, one of the story that I've been watching, Idaho police, ladybugs working this case, are now asking the public for help to find a car they say was near the crime scene of the quadruple homicide. This was four college students stabbed to death in Idaho. I want to just uh, let's hear this. First time since the shocking killings of four college students, police say they're looking for a specific vehicle they believe may be critical to the case. Releasing these two stock images of an older model white Hyundai Elantra between 2011 and 2013 with an unknown license plate. Authorities think a car like it was near the house the morning the murders were committed and say the occupants may have critical information to share. In the nearly four weeks since the murders, law enforcement has revealed very few details, including what led them to initially describe the crimes as 
targeted. This video from DailyMail.com shows police returning to the crime scene to box up personal belongings requested by the victim's families. Meanwhile, students on the University of Idaho campus still living in fear. My roommate bought me a pepper spray that I keep on my keychain now, Good. which is good to have, but sad to have to need that. Police are oh. looking to piece together about a five-hour gap starting at 8 or 9 o'clock when two of the victims, Ethan Chapin and Zana Kernodal, were reportedly last seen leaving a frat party and weren't placed at Zana's place until about 1.45, despite being just down the road. Experts say another key piece involves DNA evidence. Investigators should soon start getting results back from crime labs. All the forensic and digital evidence is starting to be returned, you know, that was uh, sought via subpoena or court order. You're finally starting to get these puzzle pieces in and starting to be able to put together uh, a picture. And back to that vehicle, police say it was tips and leads that wanted them to speak to the occupants. They are asking anyone with any information to reach out immediately. Back to you. Folks, that is four college students. Good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Four college students in Idaho, all stabbed to death in the same home. And right now, they have no suspect. They have no person of interest. It it sounds as if initially, potentially, Idaho police may have been overwhelmed, botched the case, and now I believe the FBI and others are involved. And then you start at ground zero, and then they're trying to build out. So that's a new development. They were initially focusing on, they were a boyfriend, girlfriend, and then two girls. They seem to be focusing on the two girls. Now they seem to be focusing on the boyfriend, girlfriend. Right now, folks, at 143, this portion of the John DePietro Show, hey, stop in. It's a sunny Thursday. You could pop in and see Marie at It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies, local products, ICE, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, hemp and CBD products. It's my health. Pop in and see Marie right now. She also has great gift ideas, whether it's essential oils, body oils, soaps. It's my health. Pick up some nice tea. That makes a great gift. Also, children's vitamins. Uh, hey, honey, local honey, maple syrup. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Pop in and see Marie. You know, folks, also, I want to remind you, what time is it? One forty-four on this Thursday. So, Limitless Outdoors. You're hearing me talk about it. They are so talented. Limitless Outdoors. Their slogan is Dream, Build, Enjoy. Limitless Outdoors in Smithfield. They specialize in patios, walkways. They did a great job with my outdoor steps. Outdoor kitchens. Have you been thinking about that? That. Maybe take advantage and use more of your property, more, or even, you know, year-round or nine months of the year. Landscape lighting, retaining walls, lawn installations, excavation, limitless outdoors of Rhode Island. Call them, 401-580-1852. Get a free quote. Let them show you, okay, this is your property. Here's what we could do. 
They also offer indoor, by the way, indoor fireplaces and outdoor fireplaces, which are big. Limitless outdoors. Look at your yard. It's not what it is now. It's what it could be. Dream, build, enjoy with Limitless Outdoors. They have, um, it's uh, incredible the amount of people right now that are realizing that, you know, we could do this outside or, you know, I would like to have an outside outdoor kitchen or an outdoor fire pit or anything like that. Um, Folks, and again, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. I'm getting a message from Gregory upset about the interview with the brother. Well, I I don't know what, they're in a really tough spot. They're in a a really tough spot, the fact the brother's being held. Um, That's a tough one. I agree. You want to be sympathetic, but some of the travel... Certainly, I'm not saying he broke any of our laws. It would certainly seem that he might be someone with intelligence. And all I'm saying is that type of an individual would, they know the risk. They know the risk that's involved. And I'm not sure how that's going to be resolved. I I don't know why, how come President Trump should have tried to get get him out of there before he left office? I think that's a fair question for both he and Mike Pompeo as they want to run for president. I know that right now everyone is questioning that Biden didn't get him out, but he's been in Russia since 2019 of this month. Think about that for a moment. So you have 20, 2020 was a full year there. 2021 was two years. He's been there. Three years now. Three years. And this is his actually fourth December. Right? One, two, three, fourth December of being there. So I don't I don't have an answer to that. Uh, why President Trump we certainly seem to enjoy better relations with Putin when President Trump was in office. Just asking, I think that's a fair question. I wonder why or what happened that they were unable to get him out um, b- before they left office. And and I I understand, I'm sure his family, I, I don't know, does he even know what's, we don't know exactly what's going on. Um, trade you the merchant of death for an anti-American basketball player. I've all, <laughs> and I'm looking at a posting right now. Meet Brittany Brayer and Marine Paul Whelan, both Americans, both convicted, dubious charges, both serving multi-year sentences. She hates America. He served America. Guess which one Biden traded to free? Well, that is all accurate. I'm not surprised at who posted that. Except you're leaving out the fact that by all accounts, he was, in fact, most likely um, working for us. In intelligence. So I, I, I'll also say this. I, I think that that's an important piece of the puzzle to leave out. 
It's not as if, hey, can you believe? Well, no, there's a little bit something more there. Definitely a little something more there. And I, I, I wish they had released him as well. And I think that report saying that it was just a completely no-go, um, that, that they were trying that. But it's, it's not, I don't think, I, I, see, this is the problem I always have with, I'll even say people on our site. And that guy, Benny Johnson, is just like, he's, I can't stand that guy. But because you mislead people, you absolutely mislead people. Okay, so now it's being asked at the White House. And again, I'm not defending what Biden did in any way. The choice was bring her home or no one. They're still trying to get his release. And then they go into, I get it. This is like the woke prisoner that they chose. I didn't realize. Let me let me hear this, though. This is from the White House. Given the nature of the total, totally illegitimate charges they have levied against Paul. Unfortunately, the choice became to either bring Brittany home or no one. As the president said this morning, he will he will never stop working to secure Paul's release and return home, and he will not give up. On a personal note, Brittany is more than an athlete, more than an Olympi- Olympian. She is an important role model oh. and inspiration to millions of Americans, oh particularly the LGBTQI plus Americans oh. and a real reason She should never have been detained by Russia. And uh, we are, I am, deeply proud of the work that the president has done. Treat Paul Whelan differently. So there it comes out. There's the real reason of why they wanted to have her released. I, I, that, that is news to me of the, um, this whole business that somehow, oh my goodness, this is interesting. Secretary Raimondo tweeted out, women make up half the population less than 10% of the trade workforce. It's not right. I launched the Million Women in Construction Initiative. Huh. She put together. And some of the really skilled trades. Now, this sounds like someone running for president. Or certainly raising her. Today, I see a beautiful sea of women. And I love the look of it. Half of the population, they make up less than 10% of the trades workforce. And in some of the really skilled trades, it's about 2%. It's about 2% in some of the trades. That is not right. It is not sustainable. We are never going to meet the need of all the construction workers we need. And it is time to change. One of the reasons that I am so totally focused on getting more women in the trades is because these are good paying jobs. So today, I'm here to announce a new initiative, a new initiative called A Million Women in Construction. Right now, there's about a million women who work in construction. And I'm pledging to you that investing all this taxpayer money over the next five to 10 years, we're gonna get another million in construction. Now, it would actually be um, one million instead of a million. I think that's interesting that she's releasing that video. 
That sure sounds like like, a, like someone who's running for office, doesn't it? There she was, former governor, that is Commerce Secretary Ramundi, with a campaign-style video that is without question portraying her in a certain way. And I don't mean in a bad way, but that's not someone just doing their job. That was a slick video put together. What's this I'm seeing tracking the potential of snow showers this weekend? What? Um, Slight breeze out of the north. Snow. We're not ready for snow. When could it? Scattered light snow showers. Sunday night into Monday morning. Hmm. None of that is positive. All right. Except for, obviously, up north. Um, New Hampshire and the like. For them to get some of that. Folks, it's 154. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Hey, this portion of the program, remember what we say about if your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair. Do you have an appliance that's not working properly? Properly call Ryan's Appliance Repair today, 401-710-7096. Ryan's Appliance Repair for your washing machine, dryer, dishwasher, stove, oven, microwave, garbage disposal. Many things can go wrong, by the way, in a refrigerator. Maybe the ice machine, maybe the ice maker's not working or whatever it may be. Ryan's Appliance Repair. Saturday appointments are available. All work is guaranteed. 90 days parts and labor. And senior citizens discounts are available. If your appliance is not working properly, Ryan's Appliance Repair. And many people that Ryan goes to visit because they go to you, he'll tell me he'll fix like three or four appliances. 401-710-7096. 401-710-7096. It's Ryan's Appliance Repair. So at 155, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can uh, always listen online at our website, dePietro.com. I see Knock on Wood is set to rebuild. That was one that was one kind of a fire. The Green on Main is another story. Could be relaxing indoor park. Complete with vendors. Well, we'll see. You know who else would like to, wouldn't mind being there? You guessed it. That's right. The homeless. Um, the, the unhoused. I think the situation is very unclear how many people are involved. I believe they need to um, flesh it out a little bit. As far as who who are we really talking about? Are we talking about individuals? And there are some individuals who choose to stay. They want to live outside. They like the freedom. Are we talking about that? Or are we talking about something happens? The next thing you know, it's getting dark. And you have someone who has nowhere to go. 
that's what we're talking about. My key staff notify homeless encampment to leave or face fines or arrest. Now, this story will carry today, tomorrow, and then we'll see what happens with it. Uh, but that offer may not be fulfilled immediately about the abandoned emergency shelter and transportation. They're looking to identify temporary shelter throughout the state. Well, th- this business that somehow... I think it's a violation of the Homeless Bill of Rights. Discriminating allows a person experiencing homelessness the right to use and move freely in public spaces. Can't camp out at the State House. Housing advocacy groups contacted the ACLU. State House evictions. The ACLU is reviewing the situation on the legal grounds. Well, you heard Tim Dodd earlier say they, they, they don't have legal grounds. They weren't supposed to be there in the first place. Uh, the state had not violated the Homeless Bill of Rights. There's a lot of protections for it, but it doesn't work. About, it's really what they're doing is trespassing. Look at that, the Boston Globe has the tweet from Steve Elquist. He's the one saying, white supremacists want to hurt the homeless people. Well, you know, this is the same type of um, individual who was, you know, they, they'll talk about Asian hate, Asian hate crimes. But then they won't report when they start arresting many of the people that are arrested for the Haitian, Asian hate crimes. Because the narrative that they want doesn't fit what reality is. So they want it to be MAGA-wearing white supremacists that are harassing people and harming people. In New York City, all the Asian hate crimes, there seemed to be a common denominator amongst all the people that were getting arrested for it. And then the, the media lost interest in the story. Folks, it's 159. It is a beautiful Thursday. It's John DePietro. I want to thank you for listening. This portion of the show brought to you by the Lodge. Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, lunch, dinner, drinks, and lounge. They're waiting for you at the lodge. Hey, stay tuned. Coming up, the 2 o'clock news, I will be doing Facebook Live later. And then we're back on the radio tomorrow at 11. In the meantime, enjoy the weather on this nice Thursday and stand by for the news. This is WNRI Woonsocket.